Hey everybody, Pastor Josh here with uh, Thinking Rightly About God. Uh, thank you for joining us as we continue our study through Philippians. Uh, today we're in Philippians chapter 3. If you want to grab your Bible, uh, pad and a pen, and we'll get started. But first, a uh, word of prayer. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's truth, uh, that it leads us and guides us in righteousness through your spirit. Uh, in this study, let us remember that we are not citizens of earth, but citizens of your kingdom, and that we await for our coming Savior, Lord and King. Uh, bless this time together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, starting in uh, verse 1, Paul writes, uh, Finally, my brothers. Uh, this is a common salutation of of Paul, where he's beginning to conclude his writings. He's gotten a lot out of what he wanted to say, but it seems like he's halfway through this letter and already uh, wanting everyone to uh, be paying attention to what's said next as he uh, concludes, and it's simply rejoice in the Lord. Um, I don't know what kind of hardship or heartache you're going through, uh, but Scripture has never actually encouraged us to rejoice in calamity. Uh, the the even in suffering and sin, it's that's not what we're rejoicing in, but that we're rejoicing in the Lord, that we are keeping Jesus, our Lord and Savior, at the center of our focus, <clears throat> and all that we're trying to do is is keep that perspective, that no matter what, that Christ <clears throat> is the center, that we are looking to Him as the author and perfecter of our faith. And we rejoice in that. And um, he then encourages us to be mindful of people who will manipulate the flesh, mutilate the flesh, or evildoers, people who would pervert the gospel and bring in uh, extra things like works or uh, traditions or things that would keep us from Christ and lead us astray. And, and so, and, and his rebuttal to this, verse 3, for uh, we are the circumcision. The fact that the the people who would mutilate the flesh were these Judaizers coming into these um, Greek towns and Roman towns and telling them that they had to uh, be circumcised in order to be saved, and what what Paul is saying is that circumcision isn't of the flesh, but it's actually of the spirit. It's something very similar to that he writes in Romans, and then uh, our circumcision circumcision is known uh, those who worship by the Spirit of God and in glory of Jesus Christ and put no confidence in the flesh that these three things together that <clears throat> as Jesus wrote in John uh, chapter 4 he says we uh, the, the Spirit of the Lord is looking for people who will worship him in spirit and in truth and this is where Paul's leading us is that there is our true worship our true salvation our true hope is in Christ uh, through what he's done for his glory. And, and so then what we see then in verses 4 through 7 is who Paul was. He talks about uh, how he had confidence in the flesh and how because of how he was raised and being circumcised on the eighth day and born in Israel and a tribe of Benjamin and a Hebrew of Hebrews for a quick second we look at this tribe of Benjamin they were part of the, the lower kingdom and so when uh, after King Solomon had uh, his son and there became this 
uh, division within the kingdom of Israel. There was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and for a very long time, the southern kingdom uh, stayed faithful. So Judah and Benjamin and Levi, they, these tribes stayed faithful to the word of God, and this is a lineage that Paul was from, and that's why he says, I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews, and as to the law of Pharisee, so not only was he uh, following the law, but he was a master of the law, that's what made him a Pharisee, and he had great zeal, zeal beyond his age, and many uh, took notice, he was even a persecutor of the church, and out of his uh, righteousness by the law he was blameless meaning he kept all the law and all that it meant but then he says in verse 7 what I gained I whatever I gained I had I count it as loss for the sake of Christ that <clears throat> all the work that he'd done and all that he had achieved based on merit and good works and lineage and heritage uh, was zero it was worthless uh, it was um to be forsaken because of what Christ had done for him. And that's where he leads us in verse 8 and 9, is that um, knowing Christ is worth more than the whole world. Think of Jesus' own word. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? And, and so Paul has concluded that everything is as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus not just knowing about him or, or some historical facts, but actually in a, in a relationship with Jesus, knowing Christ our Lord. And then he says, for that I suffered, and I count all things as rubbish. And, and, and actually that's a pretty rough word, but it, it's just trash. It's, it's refuge, it's garbage, it's, it's things that should be thrown away and not touched in order to gain Christ, that that he uh, emptied himself, again in Jesus' own word, whoever wants to follow after me must uh, deny himself, pick up his cross and follow after me. And so in Paul's words, this is how he's expressing that call, that, that call to the cross, the call to deny self, to the call to hate everyone, <clears throat> even his own life, to gain Christ. And not that this is works, this isn't uh, that he is doing some kind of work in order to gain Christ. This isn't, I do this, Jesus, you do this. No, this is, he, he's, he knows that to follow Christ, to, that everything that this world offers is zero in comparison uh, to what can be found in Christ, verse 9. Uh, and then ultimately, that what he realizes is that he's, there's no righteousness in him. There's no good in him, and that uh, he he needs goodness he needs righteousness and it it comes from god and it's dependent on faith and that's he repeats himself but which comes through faith in christ and righteousness from god god depends on faith that's he's just saying it our righteousness our ability to be right and in right standing with god and to be really considered good comes from faith verse 10 knowing uh him so knowing christ and the power of the resurrection and sharing in the suffering, you be, we become like him in death, which means then we become like him in the resurrection. Um, if you look at Romans chapter 10, he says, If you confess with your mouth that, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's the same sentence. It's the same idea that knowing that, one, that Jesus is Lord, 
That's a confession we make, and we believe in the power of resurrection. If Ultimately, if Christ did not raise from the dead, our faith is mute. Jesus is no more than a good teacher like Gandhi or Buddha or, or someone else who just gave us good moral teaching and helped us live a better moral life or a better life. Some kind of motivational speaker who encouraged us to work harder and uh, have greater success and to have a better family and to be healthier. Uh, no, Jesus died. He was dead and he was brought back to life by the power of God. And in that, that is our hope that I, that any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. That in, in, unfortunately, there were some people that the Sadducees, uh, for example, in the first century did not believe in a life after death. They believed that you, your reward was in, on earth, uh, that your life was temporary and you did the best you could. But when it was over, it was over. But all the Pharisees, they knew that in order to enter into Abraham's bosom, to enter into eternal life with, with God required righteousness. But based on the law, that you followed the law. But Paul has come to know that the ability to enter into the kingdom of heaven requires that you are born again. And that his hope in attaining this resurrection is full belief, faith in Jesus Christ. And that's my encouragement to you right now, that you put your faith in Christ, that you acknowledge that life is temporary and there is life after death. And the only way to live um, an everlasting life with Christ is to put your faith in him. And that's where he goes with verse 12. Not that I've already obtained this, right? What has he not obtained? He has not obtained resurrection from the dead because he's still living and he's not perfected, meaning he hasn't reached the fullness of sanctification, but that in Christ he presses on to be make Christ his own, that Christ is everything of his possession because Jesus has made him, me, his own, that Paul is acknowledging that Christ has taken me as his possession, and so I desire to take Christ as my possession. And this is, brothers, I do not consider that what I have to be made it my own, meaning he has not yet gotten there. He has not died and been resurrected, but that he is um, still living, and, and one day he'll get there. And therefore, he, he as he continues forward, he forgets what lies behind. He forgets all the accolades. He forgets all the zeal and the that which made him a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee, the law that he kept, but he trains forward for what lies ahead. What does lies ahead? Uh, he presses to this goal, this goal, uh, this upward call uh, in Christ Jesus. The, the idea is that he knows, as he already said before in verse 7 and verse 8, he says, whatever I've gained, I count all as loss. Whatever, I count everything as loss because of the suppressing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. So here again in verse 13 and 14, he is reminding us that our prize, our goal, our forward motion is about being in Christ Jesus. That, that, that being in Christ. And so that's my encouragement for each of us is as we move forward in this new year that we are focused on being in Christ, abiding with God. And, and this is actually a, a test of maturity, right? Verse 15, let us, those of us who are mature, think this way. So, if you have been a Christian a long time, this should be your thought pattern. You should go, you know what, all the the labors I've done, all the ministry I've done, all the money I've given, all the money I've earned, 
my marriage, my spouse, my kids, my house, all that stuff is nothing. I, I lay it all at the foot of the cross to follow Jesus because what he offers. And if we are not mature in faith, if we're not uh, if we're new believers and we haven't started thinking this way, that is the encouragement that we begin to work this way, right? If anyone thinks himself otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. So the truth is if we put ourselves to the test that I think I've arrived, God will reveal to me that I haven't. And I think that's ultimately the, the challenge for all of us to continue in humility. Verse 16, let us hold true to uh, what we have obtained. Obtained, uh, that we have obtained this truth and we need to hold true to it. We don't need to vary from it. We don't need to add anything from it. We shouldn't take anything away from it. But we need to just hold true to this truth. And as Paul's encouragement, brothers, join me in imitating me. He says, I, I, I'm doing everything that God has instructed me to do. And I want to walk as an example. And we then walk and as an example for others. Verse 18, 19, he says, For many who have often been told uh, you, and now tell me even with tears of our enemies of the cross, that there are people who have uh, gone their own way, that they are doing things that are against the Christ. And, and he, he gives this example in verse 19, uh, their end is destruction. He knows that their way of life will end in death, and their God is their belly. So that their desire is to feed themselves. They, they want that natural gratification that comes from this world that they are um, doing things for their enjoyment for that selfish ambition which we've been warned against and their glory is in their shame and their mindset is on earthly things now real quick that that doesn't mean we don't tend to earthly matters we if you are married you have to love your spouse if you have children you love your children if you have a job you go to work uh, if you have a home you take care of it if you have animals you take care of them um we are called to care for the least of these. That is uh, gospel truth. But obtaining the gains of this world, the glory of this world, should not be our mindset. Our mindset should be, as what Paul says, that Christ is the ultimate call. And he says this, but verse 20, but our citizenship is in heaven, and for from it we await a Savior. So, so we know that the kingdom of heaven is not here, but is something to come. And so we keep our eyes to the heavens waiting for that triumphant return of our, our Savior. And that at one point, uh, our bodies, our lowly bodies, this, this flesh and bone, uh, which become sick, frail, hungry, diseased, will be turned into a glorious body by the power that enables even to subject all things to himself that, that God, who is almighty, is able to do. So there is Philippians chapter 3. God bless you. And we'll see you real soon.